0: Good evening, everybody. This is Three Guys, One Table. I am Michael Beckman, and I'm joined here by my co-hosts, Patrick McGowan and Noah Beckman. Today, we're going to talk to our superintendent, Dr. Berger, about some COVID rules, the new high school, and what he does as a superintendent. Today is National Banana Day, but it is also National High Five Day, so make sure to give your nearest banana a high five. All right. uh, We have Dr. Berger on right now. Uh, Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a random fun fact.
1: Random fun fact. Good morning, Uh, Chris Berger. I'm new, Uh, so a little bit about myself. I have, let me see, Uh, three children in the district. I got one in high school. I got two at East. I also have three adult children, Um, so big family. And so uh, new to the community, new to the school. Uh, Started in July. my family and i were looking for i mean almost the the uh, if you wrote up the school district we were looking for uh for my next professional step uh, it was wright city it was something close to the urban setting but i'm not an urban guy i'm not a city guy um, and uh, the school district i needed to be a little on the smaller size because that's what i'm accustomed to so both them as a student i uh, went to a school that was smaller than wright city and uh, in most of my professional career uh, i was you know, serving in school districts the size of Wright city so when this one opened uh, my wife and i were, spoke about it and then the journey started through actually through the covid which i know we're going to talk about a yeah. little bit mm-hmm. but that was a little bit unique in that you know, the uh, covid had erupted and uh, my interview process was uh, during that time so that was kind of neat or i don't know if it's neat but it was unique for sure yeah. it was a challenge And uh, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And maybe we'll drill down on some stuff as we as we visit today. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: Um, I've actually got a question with the interview. Like, how was it different than
1: most interviews that you've had? Uh, I tell you the the most painful part about it. And and, you know, I'm trying to uh, look through your guys' list. By the way, my education background. I was middle school. I mean, I was. We were a self-contained self-contained part of my teaching career in sixth grade and then department sixth seventh and eighth so mm-hmm. this is kind of my wheelhouse but the mm-hmm. older i get uh the more i feel like you know I, I have to make this bigger effort to look through students lenses uh but it feels a little more uh, innate at this at this level because uh, yeah. it's what i'm accustomed to but uh uh the interview process so uh the the awkward part about it was you know it's pretty grueling on your family because you're you're talking about a family move you know and mm-hmm. so you're talking about kids changing schools you're talking about uh, relocation, yeah. uh, possible selling of a house, you know, uh, right. purchasing another house. So you would like that time to be very compressed. Well, when we started the interview process, COVID was just uh, uh, starting. The news of COVID was uh, just beginning. So we, uh, that was the, I had a preliminary interview with kind of the four school districts at the superintendent level. Uh, typically you hire, you outsource the hiring, Uh, of that person that kind of helps guide the school board. And so the school board hired, uh, uh, I'll term a headhunter because that's what we call them in the industry. And so I interviewed with him initially, made that cut. And then as I'm going to do my first interview with the board uh, that occurs and the search is narrowed down to three and I make that cut, that's when COVID hits. Mm. So then there is, I think it was, it may have been five weeks but it was four weeks uh, for sure a uh, period between that that the last time that I interviewed to the next interview. And that next interview was pretty, uh, you know, pretty expansive in that it uh, was a long interview with the Board of Education, but also with a committee of teachers. So uh, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking from memory, 45 minutes with the committee of teachers, and then the interview with, with the board, they asked me to uh, create a presentation. And so I did the presentation and then interviewed with them. Uh, so unique maybe in two ways i think the district did a pretty thorough job uh in that mm-hmm. and the second is when you're talking about you know okay you made the, the final three and then you have four or five weeks to wait it's grueling man I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it pretty rough so anyway yeah um
2: one of the things we wanted to say was uh, how have you enjoyed like being at the right city
1: district and like how it is it's been perfect oh, perfect i won't say perfect it's been great <laughs> Uh, you know, it's been tough because of COVID, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, school districts have certainly been under a microscope. You guys know we've been in the entire time. That was a decision that uh, the board made from a, from the outset, really. They said, you know, uh, and, and it was a, a, a team decision by the board. Obviously, the administration kind of forms the options, and the board chooses the options. But we kind of went down a path where, look, we're going to set this metric, a uh, certain percentage of people, if they're out with positive covid then we will shut down because we were worried about transmission in the schools but outside of that um we were going to go and, and probably what we didn't know but we stayed to our our commitment that we made early was the impact that the quarantines would make yeah. so you know that i know you guys were sharing with me some of your experiences with that and um, i want to be careful because i don't want to expose anything that you guys didn't want uh, to to air publicly but but uh not only did we have positive transmissions that we were going to have kids out, the quarantines became massive. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And uh, that's really been a disruption to education. So that was a challenge, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but, but other than that, uh, everything else is fit. You know, I don't feel like I I got the uh, to connect with the teachers uh, during pre-service as I normally would. Uh, It's a little bit weird. I mean, even today, uh, I mean, Uh, I feel like, and maybe that's, you know, I'm I'm a reflective person, but, and maybe I'm overanalyzing, but uh, you come down the hall and if everything was normal, you know, you see people's faces, you see body language, you can read people. And now I might enter uh, a group of teachers or something and just, uh, there's an awkwardness to it anyway, because I'm the new guy. And then I'm also uh, the superintendent. So that creates a little bit of, you know, and, uh, but you, and I can't give them those, uh, you know, those physical cues that, Hey, I just I just stepped into a classroom as I walked in here, you know, and everybody's masked up, and, I, and even engaging with students, it feels it feels like a little bit different. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that improvement. Really, all in all, it's it's been it's been great. Um, from a personal perspective, I'll tell you that uh, that I've shared with some is that we were looking forward to getting up here and like uh, experiencing, you know, St. Louis, obviously yeah. uh, Cardinals, mm-hmm. and being able to. Uh, I was you know, several hours away from the Cardinals, but then we'll shoot into St. Louis, watch a game, uh, eat dinner in St. Charles and stuff like that, that we've really been much more reserved on any of that stuff. So that personal element of, of our family being excited to, to relocate to a place uh, close to the urban setting,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's been, uh, we're looking forward to next year, hopefully getting all this behind us so that gets back going. yeah Yeah. You know,
0: that's great. Um So...
1: Another you know what? Question? Well, I'm just to disrupt everything. You guys asked me for some random fact. Oh yeah, yeah. We oh, we and I we forgot all about it. Yeah, and, but... and I told you I was going to try not to think about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. so now I'm thinking about random fact. Uh, random fact. It, very random. My wife put out uh, tomatoes. We did. We I have a farm in Webster. County. of small, very mm-hmm. small, but uh, uh, and but we put out a pretty good sized garden every year. We put the raised garden beds in the subdivision that we're in, uh, and uh, my wife put out the tomatoes because I told her it wasn't going to freeze anymore, and now tonight they're talking about freeze. Yeah, uh, it's supposed yeah. to be like 30-something days <laughs> something <laughs> out of yeah. yeah. So she's either going to have to be covering plants. Or, so there's a random fact. That, that was, okay. uh, so you like gardening? Oh home. man, that <laughs> sounds a little. Uh, I do, I do. Uh, I never thought, man. Whenever you're looking through your lens as teenagers, man, there's things that you will believe you do. Yeah. You know, like yeah. like it, it's it's wild. I mean, I I think about that all the time. Like some of the stuff I harp on my sons about. I think, my goodness, if I was 18, I thought I would ever do that. I would have swore to you I wouldn't. But uh, but yeah, I do like gardening. Now my wife in this transition is taken over and it's a much smaller project so she's trying to develop a bit of a green thumb but i do enjoy it it wasn't anything like i'm extremely committed to there's some hobbies i've got uh, that i'm more committed to uh gardening is not on that level but certainly i enjoy eating tomatoes out of the garden for me <laughs> yeah. it's tomatoes man i, I don't yeah. care about anything else so that's a good point um, uh, the- I can just get in the queue to ask a question. I love it. Yeah. So, the informality of this, I like. So, anyway. All right. So, I'm going to
0: ask, like, real quick so, what do you do as a superintendent? What is your like day-to-day job? Do you know, I get like?
1: to ask any questions? Can I ask one question? Yeah, yeah, are sure. you two brothers?
0: Yeah, yeah we're Okay, brothers. I thought yeah, I was I sure them. of it. Yeah. <laughs> but again, here's
1: the deal, the mask and everything, you know, yeah. and then I'm pulling off there, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, now I'm getting hung up on I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's just no way they're not brothers, at least. So twins, you know, I, know like, again, yeah. I was right, my, uh, there were four of us that ran together, I mean, from elementary school all the way through high school, and still are close and uh, of those four two are twins Uh, so i have a a bit of an affinity for twins Uh, jim and jean Britt. one's a trooper now a a state trooper one's a a funeral home director so shout out to our large uh whoever would be here this to (laughs) to jim and jean Britt. so that's cool though great to uh, meet you guys yeah i'm sorry what was your question uh it was (laughs) like what do you do as a superintendent and kind of like Uh, what is your day-to-day job yeah well, broadly speaking, then I'll speak a little to the day-to-day. But broadly speaking is I implement the board's vision. So, you know, the board, there are seven board members that are elected uh, that govern the board. They don't manage the board. They govern the board. But basically they, uh, they uh, put out our vision, you know, our, and that vision would, for us includes, uh, you know, high academic achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so my job as a superintendent is to implement that vision. And sometimes it's educating the board on what initiatives are um, uh, happening uh, in, the, in the state or even nationally that, that impact student achievement or breaking down data for the board uh, through principals and through teachers about what groups are performing high, like are uh, females outperforming males, are uh, in, any of our minorities uh, outperforming all kids, uh, free and reduced lunch, uh hispanic population black and and seeing what we can do those are those are achievement gaps that you guys have heard of so if you have one subgroup that's not performing at the level that all kids are that's an achievement gap so we have those things identified and we try to close those uh, those achievement gaps so Mm. broadly speaking i mean the widget we make in education is student performance having you guys ready for uh, uh, a career or uh, post-secondary education so I know that that's in broad terms that's what i do is implement the vision and report back to the board monthly to a formal meeting of what's going on uh, and, they, and then i'm their single employee so i'm the one employee of the board of education everybody else is either directly or indirectly employed by me so um i'm the the uh, ceo of the district cfo of the district chief executive officer and chief financial officer uh day to day wow it's wild like today uh you know it's fun it's a blast you guys but mm-hmm. uh, whenever our kids find out about what i do they i think they think it's it's it would be fun you know and yeah mm-hmm. to snapshot today i'll hang out with you guys uh today this morning briefly i'll run to a meeting in troy um, and uh, it's a superintendent meeting i think it's 10 till probably it will go to about one o'clock it's lunch included Mm -hmm. Uh, after that i'll be up there so with that superintendent i plan to um, uh, watch a webinar a a webinar on some new funding that's coming down from the feds Mm -hmm. Uh, by that time it'll be pretty close what three o'clock i'll probably zip back down try to rifle through my emails, some kind of prep for tomorrow and you know that could be everything from board members to teachers Uh, i've got to look at a presentation that i have tomorrow with a salary committee um, so I'll probably give it a last look before I kind of feel like I'm ready to go tomorrow uh, earlier this week I was with uh, two other members of the Board of Education and we went to Jeff City to lobby our legislators so there's always things that are a benefit and are also um, that hurt public schools Yeah. Mm-hmm. so we go up there and say hey we're for these things and we're against these things and hope our legislators make uh, informed decisions on you know my job and, and the school board's heart and, and our community's heart, my heart certainly, is what can we do to, that uh, puts our students in the best position to succeed? So there's always things at the state level and the national level that uh, we lobby for, essentially. You know? So that part, well I, I, I told you guys, oh, there's whenever I tell kids about things that, uh, uh, that I do, it sounds fun. Man. All that crud I just said there sounds horrible. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a
0: lot to do. Well, it's yeah. a lot to
1: do, but what do you think? You know, the fun things are. I'm probably you know I can uh, get to engage with kids at any level like this, yeah. and also um, you know go to ball games. Uh, that's that's part of my job in a sense. You know, to be seen at ball games, and and uh, I'm probably one of the few employees of uh, maybe a PE coach or something too. That you know if i consciously am in the office and say okay i've been in the office all day i look out okay. and west elementary is playing kickball i can walk across the the lot and go play kickball for 45 minutes <laughs> and, and it'll be the most popular thing i could do yeah. you know what i mean it's not it's yeah. not anything that like the board president's going to come by and go that merger is not working that's what our board and our community wants to see is, you know, some engagement with kids. So it's hard to balance that because I get tunnel visioned and, you know, you're working on these big issues, but uh, the fun part of my job that I have to bring myself back to and probably don't do as good a job as I wish is connect with kids. So whenever this opportunity, like, you know, I jumped on it through Twitter and said, Oh, let me come meet, you know, three kids kids with the mask down." you know, it's it's awesome. You know, so anyway. Yeah.
0: Earlier you were saying uh, that like whenever there's those subgroups, you have to figure out how to uh,
1: segregate that data and, yeah. and, and I'm sorry, go
0: ahead. Yeah. So like, how would you actually make sure that some of those groups or whatever would be uh, equal
1: with the rest? That's, that's an awesome question. Yeah. It's a huge task. So, you know, what we're doing and, and you guys get assessed a lot, you know, through testing. Mm-hmm. so you know map testing uh benchmark testing uh you guys here are I ready uh yeah. testing yeah. Yeah. so we're constantly looking at that data uh and seeing you know where those subgroups are and so let's use free and reduced lunch uh, typically not this year but typically we have about 40 percent and reduced lunch in our community and the number one uh adverse uh, uh or adverse thing for uh students to overcome in academics is social economic number one it always has been you know you can talk about different subgroups, but the number one thing is kids that come from uh, more financially challenged families yeah so you'll find that not in wright city across the state across the nation that those kids oftentimes (coughs) uh, there's an achievement gap yeah and so so if we're looking at that we look at that um, um, at, at minimum monthly your your buildings and teachers are looking at that sometimes weekly but and to see how uh, how those students are in comparison to all kids your question was well what do you do to fix that yeah there's oftentimes there's research-based practice we try to focus on we don't want uh, a teacher that's on a whim that can that can that thinks she's uh she or he is making an impact with the student we try to, for the most part to steer teachers to Research-based practice. So, what really works? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, whether it be you know cooperative learning or something that you guys might be infusing technology because it increases engagement. Yeah. PBL. You know what you guys yeah. are doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those things have a research uh, base that says they impact student achievement for all kids. Uh, but so if and we try to put the anecdote on that subgroup, and then we uh, evaluate that to see if that achievement gap close uh now i'll go back and say another thing here because it's not always bad that a teacher on a whim does something that is not research-based and it's kind of like in their arsenal Mm -hmm. because and and if you you i'm going to get boring with you guys a little bit here or maybe i'll add to the boring but uh to formalize that it's it's called action research so it's like we're going to do something that uh in our school that isn't research-based, it doesn't come out of a textbook, there's no training across the nation, or across the state, but we think it works for our group of kids. And we can uh, employ that, monitor it, and see if it has an impact. And so those things, you know, all all those things collectively are kind of uh, put as an anecdote for that achievement gap at the different subgroups. We see what works, and if it works, we keep doing it. If it doesn't work, we abandon it and try something else. It's an ongoing task, you know. It's never, never complete. Mm-hmm. Um, think,
2: yeah. As uh, we were talking about it earlier, like uh, summer school, how is that going to be this year? I don't. Well, I would say compared to past years, but you haven't been here. Yeah.
1: yeah. So,
2: uh, how is that going to look this year?
1: Well, I think it's going to look a lot like what we're experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that the the uh, landscape is going to change much between now and then. Um, so uh, uh, unfortunately, or you know, I think we're pretty adjusted to the things that we're doing, you know, But those mitigation strategies of hygiene, space and mask. yeah, I think those are in play this summer. Maybe there'll be some relief of that, uh, you know, um, in that, you know, at best, I would think you might think that there would be something that that uh, was like, if you can't, social uh, distance, then you have to mask, even if you're inside, you know, kind of our rules for outside now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, there's a chance those might be employed inside But the thing that uh, we were talking about the challenges of coming in the first year a little bit ago. And, and that's the been the tough part is there's there, everything has changed so quickly It it is slowed down, but yeah. it's changed so quickly. So oftentimes I'm asked to speculate and I've always been pretty quick to say, Hey, I'll do that. I'll, you, know, you ask you me a question, I will give you what I—I'll look in the crystal ball and tell you, but uh, things are changing so rapidly. I, I certainly wouldn't want to be held to that, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that's uh, uh, been a challenge for this year, but I kind of enjoy it, you know, because I think people want to know uh, what perhaps I think or leadership thinks, or because we're more abreast of the situation and might have a little better view of it. But I can tell you, it's really knocked uh, knocked us around this year because it, it just. It just zigzags all yeah. the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Can never
0: really predict what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we talked about this already, but uh, what's the plan next year with COVID? Yeah. So, like, will that be any different than how it's been this year?
1: For the most part, uh, we are planning more close to normal. You know, now we can talk about specifics, but but uh, uh, but to say broadly. What we're doing is we, you know, we've experienced what we have to do when we have to employ mitigation strategies and change things on the fly. So I think we've got some experience with that now. No time in my history have I had experienced that, but I think now after this year, we've got experience in doing that. So what we've been doing from uh, the le- from the uh, leadership level of principals all the way down to teacher level is saying, okay, next fall looks a lot closer to normal and you can plan that way so we're talking like our pre-service uh meetings you know where teachers come in before school and get some training some of it's mandated some of it's uh to what you were speaking of earlier noah yes. and uh, uh they were so, so some of it uh, uh you know like we might do some training before school on how to close the achievement gap in a certain subgroup or something but uh and so this year we didn't get to do that as normal it was very, uh, very different. So uh, we're planning kind of a normal opening, knowing that we now have the experience to kind of uh, change on the fly if we need to. Mm-hmm. Now, but you can ask me like a couple specifically. Uh, I mean, you know, as you were talking, Patrick, earlier about uh, uh, summer school, and uh, and I was talking about speculating. Mm-hmm. So you, you can give me like three speculation questions, like for next fall, like, how about this? I'll, I'll feed this one mask. to somebody. Yeah. Okay, Micah asked, "Will we be wearing mask next fall?" I don't know. I've been looking at my crystal ball. I'll say, I think so. I think it it won't be as broad mm-hmm. as we are now, but it will probably. If I look again, looking at that crystal ball. I'll say, yeah, um, we'll we'll be wearing masks. Or you know, it's like every student will have a mask. And when you can't social distance, you know, and or if we have, you know, it might be a deal where, okay, there is a COVID threat. So now we're going to put our mask on during transitions, you know, like out in the hallway and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe when you get to class, you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, some new information from the CDC has got that six feet down to three feet. Yeah. So that makes it much more practical. You know. Yeah. That make, so I'll, that's my speculation. Come All on, right. Noah, let me put right. you on the spot. You, you asked me
0: more. So I think I was doing some research into this, and I think I mm-hmm. saw that. There was a cdc research thing it basically said masks will reduce the chance of getting COVID by like 1.89 um i think i have a picture of it somewhere yeah i don't know um i don't know if it's completely accurate yeah um but i think that's mostly because of the cloth masks yep. i don't think the cloths want the cloth ones yep. do nearly as much as the actual medical like, ones. medical ones
1: well so, here's a challenge that you guys and i'm faced with that challenge too but man I think about this all the time um, is we can't go. It's not easy to go to a source now and get accurate information. Yeah. Yeah. And an example is we went to Jim city with the, uh, with the, uh, with with the board of education, or two of the board of education members and a board member asked me a question about, uh, an issue. And I told, uh, that board member, I told her the best I could answer it right then. And I wanted to follow up. And as I went, to look for more to research that I, I struggled finding an accurate source yeah. and, and uh, I even in my email to her as I followed up said this is known to be a bipartisan accurate source and of course that board member is very sharp and she can go dig deeper uh, but I, I make that connection because I think that's something your generation is really going to deal with the data I have looked at is much better than what you've cited there. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't, I, you know. Uh, I, I trust my data. I know you, you know, and I don't know what level of trust you have with yours. But I think masks do a lot more than than that. Yeah, the,
0: I, I thought it was a little bit low too. Yeah,
1: but the but there's no doubt, uh, you know, that you have the N95 mask, which is kind of the gold standard. Yeah. Well, they don't even want us to use those because of the supply, and they want those for the health industry. Yeah, uh, you know, there's been this push for double masks, which, in, in my experience here in our community. I never see anybody in a double mask and I don't use those. So yeah. I think
0: that.
1: we've seen a lot of, uh, like with tests on
0: those, like the actual heart rate or oxygen levels go down ah, yeah. a
1: lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I think, uh, at whatever percent, let's say, you know, whatever it is and you know, my job is to go find the best data we can. And, uh, certainly from my view, masks make a difference. um, um But I get it. I get that our community is challenged and and pushed back on that potentially uh, sometimes, and because there's all these different sources coming at you, myself included, and it is very difficult to have the time or even the expertise to to navigate through all those sources. Man, you guys, it's it's going to be a huge challenge for you You know ever. Oh gosh, I said earlier, you know those things that you say that you can't believe you'd say whenever you're a kid. Yeah. whenever I was a kid you know you saw the news and the news was the news man I yeah. mean, that was mm-hmm. what happened yeah now you gotta you gotta uh you see the news and you see what happened you feel like you have to go do additional research to validate yeah. what you've mm-hmm. seen yeah, yeah. And like you
2: have to watch different news channels and just try to create the best assumption of it, what
1: happened it's unreal mm-hmm. it's and so you guys uh, I'm gonna be challenged with it you know for the rest of my adulthood and you guys are gonna grow up in it it's gonna be Um, It's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Sorry for the long answer. Patrick, (laughs) you're on the hook, though. You got to come up with one off the cuff, man. Just something. Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah. Stump the interviewer. Good. Um, Good. Let's see. COVID next year. How many people, like, by next year are like, uh, what do you think about the vaccines and stuff? Like, how effective or whatever?
1: Yeah. So I think the the, the concept, of, well, not concept, but the, the the term herd immunity, and herd immunity happens by basically two things. One is vaccinations, and two is yeah, you, get, yeah. you got it yeah. right. So I think the combination of that is going to bring us. And I've heard again, uh, as you we referred to earlier, different levels of of herd immunity that you know you get to like. I think I've heard as low as 60 and then, you know, like ideally is maybe in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't know where we're going to be, um, but I think we're going to be, you know, close to 60, you know, between. I can tell you, we don't know who has got uh, the vaccine staff wise, yeah. uh, but I will tell you that uh, an example is we, we helped support a vaccination effort. We had 99 teachers signed up for it now, whether they actually followed through on it or not, we don't know uh but that and that was one effort and so that tells me our teachers are probably pretty close to uh, i would i would say 70 percent vaccination if not quite a bit higher uh some school districts are are providing opportunities for vaccinations down to the age of 16 i've seen that mm-hmm. from uh not necessarily a neighboring school district but a school district in about central missouri one interesting question that that oh, uh that uh, would be and i'll, I'll springboard from that yeah, yeah. to this question is will kids be mandatory mand- will it be mandatory for kids to be vaccinated yeah, yeah. So if that is outside of of the of the purview of local of of the school district i believe if something comes down to that uh it will be something that will be come down from the federal or state level we don't want no part of that you know so mm-hmm. for us it's you know uh we uh, at least from my perspective sitting here today. In the in the realm of speculation, I can't imagine that that there would be even teacher mandates. You know, it, yeah. there's it's going to be a personal decision, and I think there's been a lot of momentum of people getting more and more vaccinations. And as I mentioned earlier, I don't think we were on at that time, but got my second vaccination yesterday, so I've kind of got a yeah. little mm-hmm. little light a little light hate, headache, which I'll <clears throat> use an excuse for all the goofy stuff I say, <laughs> and, uh, and I got a really sore shoulder going, so I got that rocking so.
2: Patrick, you want to ask that? All right. So sticky situation. If you were to find yourself like falling down a well, and it's too wide for you to like s- squeeze yourself up and try to walk up the side, <laughs> how yeah. like how would you get out? Like the walls are slick. Yeah. Okay. So
0: he didn't explain that very well. <laughs> and I was gonna answer. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got later. that. I get
1: this response. All
0: right. So the walls are slick with oil, and it's about a. 10-foot-wide, 20-foot-tall,
1: well. How are you getting out of there? Okay. I'm still going to answer it in kind of the same way. uh, So I'll say that the easy, or not the easy answer, I don't know what the right answer is, but I'm going to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And metaphorically speaking, uh, I think that's a good reflective point. This is also in that realm of stuff that you can't believe you'd ever say whenever you were a kid. Mm But (laughs) metaphorically speaking, uh, I think it's been a good reflection piece there to think, you know, we've all needed help uh this year and uh uh superintendents need help i assure you our staff has needed help our kids one thing that we're really really concerned about uh at this next board meeting we're going to talk about what we're going to do for loss of learning uh something that would be the next step of that is our concern of social emotional well-being of our students in that kids that whether they be on uh, virtual or because they've been uh, uh, quarantined uh, isolation is tough yeah uh, my, my you know my family has certainly dealt with it i kind of alluded to it earlier talking about you know we haven't been able to do some of those things but you can imagine if you take your family out of that of a community move them to a new community they can't and, interact with anyone it's yeah. it's yeah. it's tough it, and, and so we have been extremely flexible from the school district from everything i mean everything whenever we get a a, a question or a, the problem of the day the first thing, you know, where you might perceive teachers or administrators or take a hard line, be consistent. Mm-hmm. Throw that out the window this year. It's mm-hmm. a global pandemic. Let's be flexible. And, yes, we'll, we will we uh, will be consistent in the future. You know, I mean, uh, so it doesn't mean I say throw it out the window. Are we consistent on a few things? Of course. We use our judgment. We're professionals. Yeah. Uh, but put flexibility to the forefront and uh, let's get through this year. So, man, I, I took that. Great question that you guys have turned it serious after uh, uh, at the beginning of this I said no we don't need to be too formal I've sounded awful formal but, <laughs> yeah you're all, good. all right,
2: good I appreciate that man. Okay so I have a question um, with virtual learning and you were talking about like uh, learning gaps and stuff would the s- students with virtual be a learning gap and how have you seen it is it like more or less effective? Than-
1: See, more, the more we're talking the more you guys are I, I'm uh, you guys are hitting me with some good questions. <laughs> That is the It's a great question. So I guess you know, uh, coupled with that, I would say you know, th- what is the loss of learning th- this year? Well, there it it, it exists. So yeah. we're going to have to do yeah. something about it. To, to your specific question, are how are those uh, kids that are virtual performing relative to uh, seated kids? And it's been a mixed bag. The first semester we had about twenty percent of students that were uh, uh, virtual, and we saw you know some real gaps in learning. Some mm-hmm. real achievement gaps being created this ironically not not district-wide but we'll find pockets depending on the building where the second semester where that that virtual uh, student population dropped down to less than 10 percent and i'm hesitant on that was it a, it, it was, i'm going to say 10 percent because i can't remember if it was just under 10 or 11 percent uh for some reason i've got mr smith in my ear going no doctor that was 11 percent." but uh but that that smaller virtual population Uh, is in some buildings outperforming the seated students Mm -hmm. so now here you know uh, one of you guys asked me uh, about um, you know what what we do and look at the achievement gap data and what do we do about it so now we got to drill down and what we think we see what we think we see is Mm -hmm. at the first semester if you weren't successful as a virtual student you didn't get a chance outside of uh, of a doctor's exemption meaning that there was a medical vulnerability in the home we said you don't get it to be virtual you weren't successful you have to come back to school yeah so some of those students came back to school while those students that were doing very well on in virtual first semester stayed in virtual second semester so if i'm explaining that right now you've got these students that were successful probably pretty good students no matter what setting they're in -hmm. they're sitting at home virtual and in some cases are outperforming seated students so sometimes the data you, you know you get this data you go how can that be you have to dig down into the data and you start finding answers so um that, that was kind of an interesting part of the second semester here but the big question and it's the big question uh, across the nation really is well how much lost learning did each of you three get mm-hmm. uh, what was the amount of loss of learning and then certainly the broader student population we have we got 1600 kids how much were they hampered by this COVID from
0: going everybody
1: out into virtual last year yeah. to quarantines to some choosing virtual to uh, you know it's I, my uh, oldest daughter has been quarantined three times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the, the example I like to use there and I've used it several times is when things are normal what we do is administration this will sound you guys will think oh that's really stiff uh, but like one of the initiatives will be we're not going to make an announcements during classroom time now why does that make sense why would you guys think that makes sense
0: no announcements during classroom time
1: yeah it's
0: less disruptive
1: that's it it's there's no you know we don't want disruptions mm-hmm. you know for that period of time we want kids on task we want the teacher engaged you know we want all that happening take that type of the mindset of that's what we're picking at you know on a normal year to now, my daughter being uh, quarantined forty days, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <that's... laughs> there's a big, there's a little disruption uh, yeah. for quarantine. So that that's a, a kind of a a contrast that just uh, that makes uh, makes it make perfect sense that there would be a loss of learning.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think getting away from COVID now.
0: Um, Good. Was, <laughs> so we've heard a lot about the the new high school or whatever supposed supposed to be built or whatever yeah but um
1: when is construction supposed to begin on that yeah and and finish now those are some big broad questions or big maybe there's specific questions that i'm going to have to uh, be broader about an answer because there is there is a plan but the uh the way this works to to uh, receive the money to do that the community has to pay for it yeah Mm -hmm and so the the administrations and boards before me and i i take no credit for it did really wonderful uh, planning to create an opportunity that could come as soon as uh, a year from now so be a a year uh during the april election of 2022 could now the board has not said we're going to do that they are they are looking at uh those opportunities but that would be a no-tax increase. In other words, your parents would not pay any more on their taxes, and we potentially would be able to go to our voters and say, for the same level of taxes that you're paying now, we can get a new high school. And that planning has went back to 2010, probably beyond that, because the the land acquired for that new high school is out on Hep Highway, if you guys might be familiar. That's how long that planning has been going on, and they have to structure their debt. To where it pre, pre, uh, presents an opportunity for our patrons for an no tax increase, mm-hmm. so uh, the board at some time in the next let's say year it'll be it'll be less than a year but sometime in the next probably more likely like half a year we'll have to decide whether to put that on the ballot or not. That ballot issue would be April of twenty two. Uh, if the patrons voted approval, then you I think, and you know no one likes to hear how long it takes, but you know then you're looking at at minimum an 18 month construction period. And probably by the time you throw uh, developing designs uh, further uh, mm-hmm. and any construction delays, you know, you're probably looking at two years and two years plus. Mm-hmm. So now if you're if you're tracking those years, you're you're now looking at, are we talking about 2024, 2025, yeah. before we actually have students in it. Yeah. So you know you're planning in 2021 for a potentially very exciting opportunity for our kids and students, our kids in community. That actually would not be realized till 2025, mm-hmm. you know. So that's the bad part, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Does that get you guys in it potentially? Yeah, we're yeah. graduating in 25. Yeah, yeah. so you might, might potentially, yeah, if years. things fell out, and then of course the voters could uh, uh, turn it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, but there's certainly a need. I mean, our high school is, uh, in terms of our facilities, it has the most. It's obvious the need. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll try to get the information out there. Again, that'll be a big part of my job, the Board of Education Administrator's job, to get the word out, the, the facts out, back to what we were talking about earlier. Not the hazy perceptions, yeah. mm-hmm. the facts. You know, how old is the building? What is the condition of the HVAC? Uh, what are the uh, problems that we're facing every year? How old could a new facility be more conducive to a more conducive learning environment? And can a, a facility impact student achievement i think it could the research is overwhelming it absolutely yeah. can it absolutely can you do and you could dumb that answer down by saying in morale you mm-hmm. know would, would our students and teachers uh be uh have a higher morale but, uh, affected by a new building absolutely so yeah there's uh you know and so it seems glaringly obvious to to me uh, as the a person coming outside in uh but uh, you know you kind of mesh with the community and see what their expectations are and We'll try to get information off. It's great, great, exciting question, but unfortunately that kind of gets deflated with, did he just say 2025? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so so
0: just a follow-up question. Yeah. And you may not have an answer at the time, but uh, is there a plan for like a new football field, track, baseball field, <sighs> soccer Or is field. that like, so- yeah. not exactly, no. <laughs> soccer field.
1: <laughs> That's great. A uh, gr- great question. Man, you guys are pinging on all the questions the board hit me with, you know, so... Uh, right now in what we're looking at we don't have enough bonding capacity so you are limited in bonding capacity another thing that is controlled by the state uh, which we actually spoke of our board president spoke to one of our legislators about that specific issue when we were up there earlier this week but our bonding capacity will be capped at a level where we would not be able to we do we don't believe at this point that everything would be able to be moved to the f highway location uh, so there may be some, and it's so preliminary uh, that I'm, uh, gosh, almost hesitant to, to speak about it. But I told you I, I like to, you know, speculate. Uh, I don't know the way that that new facility is going to have all of the athletic complex that we will want. So yeah. here, again, there will be further planning on the plan for the current athletic facility. And, you know, ideally you'd want that at your high school campus and, yeah how that all plays out. But that's, you know, that literally, literally going to be hours of planning, not necessarily by the Board of Education. They'll have hours in it. But I mean, you know, you're talking about we have hired an architect to start uh, uh, developing plans. Um, Dr. Way met with Mr. Brooks at the high school a couple weeks ago to talk about spacing needs. It is down to cabinetry, literally, you know, down to what the needs of a modern building. And then you got to say, how much money do we have now? You know, liken it to, your folks going to buy a new car. You know, you want to go over and look at this car, but you may not be able to pay for that car. Yeah. So now you and you wind up with a, a bare bones truck like me, a custom, a Chevy custom. <laughs> so, nah, but you know, it, it, I, I needed to upgrade, so I still um, pulled the trigger on that. So, all
2: right. Good, um, good question. It's tough. If we were, or when we do build a new high school, um, what are the plans for the current high school? <laughs>
1: just, I, I, that's great I feel like I'm having another board meeting uh, so uh, uh, preliminary plan is repurposed uh, that has like uh, several different looks to it right now uh, we've had some uh, uh, initial um, study done on the current facility and it's looking like a huge challenge to get it back up to modern standards where it could be occupied by students every day. Now, maybe parts of it can be, uh, 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 and maybe parts of it will fill a need that we have uh, uh, in the district for other things like support services. So, we certainly, it's not gonna be like it's gonna be leveled. I mean, that's an awesome gym. Uh, you yeah. know, for example, there's great spaces in the cafeteria, the vocational area is really, really, it's precast walls. It's kind of awesome. So, a lot of that's gonna be, uh, but that's uh, much of the challenge. Uh, is you know okay now what do we do with that Uh, that's a great challenge but it's also a ton of excitement because you can look at some opportunities uh, that maybe our community uh, could utilize Mm -hmm, Uh, maybe our programming that we aren't doing or maybe that we're doing programming now that we'd like to do better so that is part of the excitement and, and part of what if i I know if I continue to talk to you guys, you'd want me to shut up. But, uh, but also, I would be able to tell you some of the fun things I get to do like that. I mean, being part of that, it's not my plan. I'm the guy who just tries to put all the plans together. Like, from these two board members, they want this. This board member wants this. And really, the realistic picture is this. And so I try to mesh all that as part of my job, and it's a blast. I mean, I, I, have, the, I have the best job in the world uh, on most days. And uh, But uh, that's the man. You guys are, are, your your questions are, are spot on. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. But.
0: Yeah, do right. a good job. So
1: I think we're about done. Yeah. Now, uh, hold on. Jim was always a little stouter than Gene, my twin friends. Mm-hmm. Who's the stronger you two?
0: I have no idea. It depends so on the situation. Really close. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he's faster than me. Okay. But, like... Knows a little bit blockier than I am. Yeah, but like we do arm wrestles every once in a while, and yeah. more recently we just stagnate for like a good minute or two. Yeah, but then usually at least before he'd either laugh or something, and then I win. Yeah, but we're pretty much even yeah.
1: now. Uh, and I'm neglecting Patrick. I got to find some questions for Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but. Uh, but uh, so it may be my eye and being raised with twins, and I don't think so. I, although you guys are identical, I think pretty quickly I would be able to make the distinction between you two. Mm-hmm. And my 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 twin uh, friends, to me, they looked nothing alike. So is that what you find? People that are raised with you think you guys don't look alike? I mean, not nothing alike, but it was never uh i can look at them quickly i mean you know is that what you find with with kids that you grew up with
0: yeah so most of the people that we've known for a little while pretty clearly know the differences between us and can spout them off like quicker than we can yeah Um, yeah and it's they typically got it down and see the difference easily
1: yeah i bet that's right yeah well, that's cool and, and you're taking me back through memories now and then I, I i've left patrick alone what was the question i can ask him that uh, as i've turned the table on the podcast here uh, patrick what about your siblings um, can your sister whoop you uh,
2: i just got i just got an older brother
1: <laughs> oh i know he can whoop you there I <laughs> Probably. But, um, <laughs> he wouldn't even admit
2: been. <laughs> no, but it's okay because I'm taller than he is. Oh, yeah. really? How old is he? He's a junior. Oh, that's not good. No. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, yeah, I'm like an inch taller than he is, and so yeah. I've just been using that against him yeah. and making fun of him for
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get to you, uh, what, by your brother, we're quit about <laughs> um, <laughs> He'll be waiting outside here to deal with that. So, yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Are we are we concluding? Yeah, I got one more question. Oh, really? Great. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm just good. Burning from
0: the inside of me. Ah. Oh, no. While we were negotiating the date and time for your appearance, you stated that you were flexible and any date works. So, how flexible are you? (laughs) Can you touch your toes? Can you do the human pretzel?
1: No. (laughs) In fact, I was uh, I was like a skilled athlete, kind of, and aggressive. But my flexibility was nothing. And, and, and also, I think now, that's something I really wish I'd worked a little bit more. <laughs> I keep coming back to these things that I can't believe I'm talking to a bunch of kids <laughs> about, but flexibility. Uh, but I remember, you know, like doing stretches before sports and stuff, and the coaches would always encourage me to try. But And I was slow. And flexibility, there's a, a, a correlation to flexibility and speed and i wish i would have uh, tried to be more flexible maybe been able to be uh, faster and certainly when you get now as you get older like me flexibility becomes a critical thing like you know like whenever you're young you just want to be stronger and stronger and stronger and i certainly sort of went through that and, and still do to some level but uh but now it's like i'll take flexibility over strength it's crazy yeah so answer your question is no pretzels did <laughs> i touch my toes in the chair yeah Then i can't do anything wilder than that So all right then well thanks for coming on thanks for yeah, sitting down and having yeah. a conversation it's been fun
0: yeah
1: well thank you guys and i want to tell you uh i i never am able to articulate this uh but i'm going to try again is uh one thing that you miss in administration is uh kids i mean you know we get an education to be the most popular teacher and you know all that stuff yeah. so as you as you distance yourself uh through administration you, you know, so really uh Connect with your administrators. I mean, you are connected with your teachers. That's that's great. You'll always have, but you know, uh, Mr. Williams, all your administration. So I'm included in that. So whenever you see me coming down the hall now, please, uh, hey, Dr. Berger, and, and uh, uh, how's your flexibility? Are you working on that? Or, and, uh, but uh, please uh, do that. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get back in this setting in a smaller school district and uh, to have a little deeper connection. It's not like, uh, well, Heck, maybe, maybe you guys will be out playing kickball. You want not be playing kickball, but I'll come over and play with you guys. So I appreciate the opportunity to kind of meet you guys and, and talk about some of the really uh, important things in our district right now. And You guys have done an awesome job. Um, the questions were great, especially the questions that weren't written down, the questions that were that sprung from that. So great job. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Cool. All right.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Three Guys, One Table. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something. See ya.